Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Are you troubled by stale podcasts in the middle of the night? Do you love films that feature the busting of spooks, specters, or ghosts? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Ghostbusters Resurrection is an RPG audio drama combining tabletop gaming and cinematic paranormal elimination adventures. Call the professionals at nerdyshow.com slash ghostbusters. We're ready to believe you. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Ladies and gentlemen, from the borough of Queens, in the city of New York, this is the Epic Piecast with your Nelson Lugo and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the beautiful and spacious Studio 6C in Astoria, Queens, this is the Epic Pie Cast, Episode 69. Nice. nice. I am your host, Nelson Lugo. And I am your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. And we are back with our not-quite-monthly podcast to talk about all things relevant, irreverent. We have our finger on the pulse of pop culture here at the Epic Podcast, uh, here on our uh, current episode, 69. Nice. nice. Uh, I, I could have jumped in at any point during that intro, but yes. I wanted to see how far you were going to go. I, not very far. No, you are. Uh, you not very. You, you, you committed though. You were. Yeah. It was more of a marathon than a sprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Although I do have some pop culture things I want to talk about. Oh my goodness! I know, right? Holy heck! <laughs> Heckin. I, did, I don't know. I'm sorry. No, cut, no. We cut talk, that in post. Cut no, that no, in no, post. No, 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 yeah. no. No, heckin' is an appropriate thing for us to say because one thing that has been consistent with us sure. is we were old men before we were old men. True. Which was we were always a few years behind on slang. And heckin' is, has been popular no, in internet yeah. memes. Well, it was years ago. Sure. And so that's, sure, sure, sure. that means it's just now time for us to say it. Hey. I feel that the phrase heckin' is on fleek. <laughs> oh, oh dear oh dear anyway okay. but let's hear about these pop culture things you want to talk about well um first you... of all no wait fuck that let's do some niceties okay how you doing i'm doing great how are you doing i am also great wait. i also want to say that it is still a monthly podcast as this is still a month isn't that how mm? things work um no 
Anyway, the point, the reason why I ask you is because I'm not sure that I've seen you since the last time we recorded. No, no. We haven't seen each other in like two months at least. I haven't seen anybody in like two months. <laughs> well, you've been off doing like all kinds of shenanigans no. with the raps no. and the things. Not at all. Oh, stop. Yes, No, you- I am officially a full-time art hermit. I used to be somebody who aspired to be an art hermit who went to an office. Sure. Five days a week. Right. And then I would come home and be like, I'm not going to go do anything social. I need to go home and sit in front of my computer and push pixels around for uh-huh. hours, be it waveforms or video or, or photos. Right. Um, but now I do that all the time. And as a result of that, I don't really talk to people in person very frequently anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I there was a there was a period at some point like late July where I I went out to run an errand and I went to like the local bodega. Sure. And I had to ask for something. Sure. And that was the first time I had spoken to a live person in well over 72 hours. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I remember those days. I am I remember I am leading a very weird lonely art hermit existence currently. Uh, so it's really good to have company. Okay. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> glad to break your Sort of self-imposed social fast, I guess. It's not a social fast. I'm trying to make that bread. Dab. <laughs> I just did it again. Did you just say, did you just, you said the word dab. Yes, because this is but not. But you a, didn't actually dab. Why are you blowing up my spot? Like, every time I try to do some sort of visual joke on there, you're like, uh-huh. oh, that's a great joke for radio. So now I'm announcing the visual uh-huh. joke. I see. And I absolutely did dab. All right. Can you confirm that I just dabbed? I got you. Great. I that is you. the first dab Wait. here for the first time on the Epic Podcast here at episode 69. Nice. nice. Wink. Let's talk about pop culture. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, we are quite uh, famous or infamous, depending on your particular vo- point of view, for our deep, deep love for Batman. True. Uh, if you are a fan of the show, a longtime listener, you might uh, be tired of us talking about the Caped Crusader. Uh, I'm not. Uh, but no. I'd like to sort of uh, uh, announce I have a new favorite superhero. What? Yeah. That- like on par with Batman. Is it a new superhero or is it an old superhero that's new- just gotten dressed up with some new, new writers? New and- to me. Okay. New to me. Who is your new favorite superhero, Nelson Luka? Spider-Man. Oh. Yeah. Tell me about this. Sp- spider? Uh, uh, well, Mr. Spiderman. Okay. Uh, he runs the local... Uh, Jacob is his name. Jacob Spiderman. He's from the neighborhood. <laughs> Jacob he's a, Spiderman. He's a good kid. He's a, he's a really good kid. You know, some, some might call him a hero. He's from Queens. <laughs> yes. A good, yes, he is. A good boy from Queens. Uh-huh. Loves them wheat cakes. What did this? Um, Wait, also, hold on. Okay. This isn't anything new. Years ago, you yeah. moved out of an apartment. Yeah. And when you did, you had to cut down on a lot of your belongings. And I yeah. took your comic book collection. Yes. So I still have. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've taken big chunks of it over the years. Yeah. But I still have a, a big chunk of your comic book collection. Mm-hmm. And I remember going through all of those comic books because they weren't organized. <laughs> and I have a sickness. So I had to organize them by sure. title. Nobody. I didn't have to, but I had to. Right, right, right. And I remember being kind of astonished. Sure, there was a lot of Batman, a lot of Flash. I know sure. you're a huge Flash fan. Of course. But I was kind of shocked at how much Spider-Man there was in there, despite the fact that in the course of our friendship, uh-huh. I feel like I've almost never heard you talk about Spider-Man. Well, I think the the what I was reading at the time was Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, Miles? No, 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 no. 
<laughs> no, the when when they launched the Ultimate line, yeah, uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man, they basically brought Peter Parker, Peter Parker, back to teenage high school years, mm-hmm. you know, and they gave him a you know a new coat of paint and a fresh look, and they gave him organic web shooters and all that stuff. And at that point, I hadn't, I mean, I'd known about him. I guess I was a peripheral fan I guess like mm-hmm. I appreciate him being in the world but I didn't really know much about him other than what I've absorbed through pop culture osmosis and so I picked up Ultimate Spider-Man because I figured this would be a good sort of like launching point for me to sort of like learn and and uh, sort of grow to love the character um, and as good as that Ultimate line was it didn't really hook me like I it was the same sort of story kind of retread um, and and I, I understand I'm also in the vocal minority for this. I, that is a very beloved series by a whole lot of people. Not just like sidetrack this, but isn't yeah. the ultimate line, isn't that where the character Miles Morales was created? I think created? that's where he was eventually created, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. just wanted to make sure that I was correct. I don't know for that. sure, so internet, don't quote me on it. But if you know, send us an email at epicpodcast at gmail.com. Nice. So uh, there's been, I mean, Spider-Man's had a, had several animated series, um, several like lauded movies. Oh, some, I'm familiar as yeah, a person who's alive. Absolutely, and and you and I have gone to see most of these movies together. Sure, and I've always enjoyed them, but I've enjoyed them from the f- position of I'm a comic book fan, and I enjoy comic books being portrayed in film, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I never really considered myself like, you know, a do or die fan, a fair, you know, I like, you know, I, I'm a fair weather fan at best, right? When something hits, hits the news, that's when I'm interested and I start reading stuff. Okay. Um, then two things happened. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh my God. Happened. I don't know if we've ever even I don't acknowledged think we've about the existence I don't, I don't think of we've that talked about it film. On and Marvel Spider-Man game for the ps4 okay i don't think we've ever really acknowledged that on the program uh those two things happened and now i cannot get enough spider-man at all there isn't enough spider-man content in the world to feed my hunger i am reading everything i am consuming everything i i am playing the game i i i i I watched the movie and that movie is so fucking good it has no right to be that good and it is an amazing amazing film that movie is puzzling to me yeah because i first i can't believe it won the oscar for best animated feature yeah from a studio that wasn't dreamworks or pixar exactly um <laughs> right and i don't think it was even going for that either like that that was not even an intent when they were creating it no um i also just can't believe that it got made yeah. It's so... It is bonkers. It's so weird, and it's so... It's bonkers, and inside jokey, and inside baseball, and... And yet still really accessible to anybody, because it's just just dripping with charm, and, yeah. and excitement, and yeah. laughs, and... And just enough exposition... So that you just everything you need to know about these characters are summed up in like thirty seconds, and then it's off to the races. Yeah, it does. It doesn't belabor the point. It yeah. recognizes the fact. It even pokes fun of the fact that that his origin story has been done over and over yeah. and over and, and over again. But it makes a joke out of it while still bringing the uninitiated in. On yeah, absolutely. It. It's not like a DC universe movie where it's like they have to spend <sighs> the first act of the movie telling yeah. you an origin story that that everybody, everybody knows. knows um <laughs> yeah it's 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 such a magical movie i've seen it 
probably a half dozen times. Most recently, uh-huh. maybe four or five days ago. <laughs> nice. I just saw it again recently. And it's uh, it's so it's freaking so good. Good. And the video game is so good. Uh and those you know, two things when they came out when they, when when the Spider Man game came out and yeah. I, I played the first few hours of it I was like oh my god so I I see what the studio is doing here this is just one of those Arkham games yeah but with Spider Man yeah it's freaking better and than the Arkham I games don't care it's, no it's better yeah it's better did you play have you played the DLC I'm in the middle of the DLC now I'm uh, halfway through the second part. The second chapter. Well, there are three chapters. Yeah. And if you're halfway through the second chapter, you are halfway through. I'm halfway through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's, uh, there's a couple fights in there that are a little hard. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they, they, <laughs> yeah. Like I, any good DLC, they're like, well, we could create a whole bunch of content or we could just take a lot of these sort of action pieces from the main game yeah. and just make them. Just, just ramp just them up. Throw like 70 more. 70 more people yeah. and two new, two new enemy types yeah. and... Uh, I love it. I yeah, love it. it's, it's great. It's funny. It's engaging. It's the best Spider-Man movie I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Did you see Spider-Man Far From Home? I did see Spider-Man Far From Home. I did Home. too. I liked it. I loved it. I liked it a lot. I I, I liked uh, Homecoming a bit better. I think I think Homecoming does that sort of storytelling a bit better. But I loved this is the, this. The first two Sam Raimi movies are probably still beloved. Mm-hmm. movies in my heart and so those are kind of like one and two and then these new spider-man homecoming Sp- spider-man uh, uh far from home are like three and four for me oh, okay yeah i think i i think that these movies are my favorite spider-man stories and oh think, really and i think tom holland i mean i don't think tom holland is he's amazing far and beyond my my favorite spider he's great he's my spider-man these now. movies are fun and and funny and like really tender and, and earnest and it's great yeah i played uh so i played the spider-man game and yeah. I, I played all the dlc and uh i i started i don't think i ever really had any intention of like going for 100 percent completion like yeah. i did with the arkham game yeah yeah like i there's nothing left in a batman <laughs> arkham game that i've not done holy shit every all all of them even the shitty one oof even Origins, oh, I hundred percented all of those games. God damn it! Yeah. I can't. I can't hundred percent those games. My patience was, is just there. There is a finite amount of game, even for me. Um, I, I so I love them, and I I started kind of doing that with Spider Man. I did all the DLC, yeah. and I started like I couldn't. I just kind of couldn't get enough of just swinging around yeah. Manhattan at yeah. dusk. That is so, and so fun. So I went to see Spider Man Far From Home. Freaking loved it. I uh, loved that they were able to make the character Mysterio legit yeah. for a yeah. movie in 2019. Oh, absolutely. And then I came home and all I wanted to do with the rest of my day, I had so much to do here, <laughs> here at Art Hermit Palace. All I wanted to do was like, there's got to be at least one backpack left in this game somewhere. <laughs> but there weren't. But I just I just swung around the city yeah. and waited for APBs and yeah. then went and beat up bad guys yeah, yeah. because I wanted to be Spider-Man. So I've... I feel like without us having discussed this with one one another up until now, uh-huh. that uh, yeah, I kind of in the past year felt yeah. a shift myself from my my. I feel like I have taken my love of uh, of Batman and I bet it on red. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I I am and always will be a diehard Batman fan. That is not a thing that's ever going to go away. Sure. Um, and Flash has always been like second fiddle to. Batman. I think now it's kind of a tie between Batman and Spider-Man. Wow. 
depending on what media I'm happy to be consuming at any given moment. Wow. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I'm going back and I'm, I, I have a Comixology Unlimited account and I'm going back and reading like all of these sort of free, like volumes of old issues and like the, the Steve Ditko days and the, you know, uh, uh, and yeah, I'm loving it. You know, I, I, I mean, th- I'm even, I'm even broadening out like now I'm reading like Miles Morales. I'm reading, uh, Gwen, uh, Gwen Stefani and, did I get that anywhere? Stacy. Stacy, thank you. Gwen Stacy, the Ghost Spider, and Miles Morales, Spider Man. Like, I am consuming all Spider Man. Wow. Who's your favorite Spider Man then? That's tough. That's tough. There are a lot. There's a lot. I think, I think my, huh, this is going to sound so fucking trite. My favorite Spider Man is whichever one I'm reading in, in any given moment. Okay. Um, no, that, that can't be true. You have to have read some Spider-Man. Like I never, well, I really took to Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. I've never, re- I haven't read any twenty ninety nine yet. I read some. I was young, but I read uh, some, and I didn't really care much. Well, for right now, I'm consuming all the Peter Parker I can get my hands on. Okay. Um, I'm also consuming all of the Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy I can get my hands on. I'm really excited for the new Quen- Gwen Stacy Ghost Spider series that's coming out soon. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, and then there's like, there's Spider-Woman and then there's Silk and then there's, you know, I, I just, I think, I think for me, it's the holy trinity of Peter Parker, Maz Morales and Gwen Stacy. Great. I think. I think, for, yeah, I think my favorite depictions of Spider-Man to date, it, it's it's Tom Holland in Homecoming <laughs> and, it's, and it's Miles Morales in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So like yeah. the the most recent Spider Man, the most recent, yeah, which I feel really speaks to how much care and love that character has been given over the years. Because typically, for I don't know, pretentious nerds, sure, especially middle aged ones, right, we tend to hold on to this kind of sacred nostalgia for certain <laughs> things. Like there are people who will who will start fist fights in bars that Michael yeah. Keaton was the best Batman ever because that was their Batman from right. back in 89. Right. And with Spider-Man, I've liked Spider-Man since I was a little kid. And like, I just feel like every new Spider-Man thing they give gets better. Yeah. Yeah. I Well, I mean, it, you know, because the character kind of is notorious for being a product of its time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, Spider-Man has always been this guy with with the same problems as you or I in whatever current moment is happening socially, politically, pop culture wise in the real world, right? So he's he's always been the everyman who's also a superhero. And I think I think more so than any other character ever created, he's capable of, of being that. He's capable of being the sort of touchstone of what's happening currently. You know, because he just, I don't know, because he's just always written in that way that allows him to sort of absorb whatever's going on in real people's lives in whatever time they're reading it. Well, I don't think that really speaks to the character as much as it speaks to the people who are holding the reins, because you could really say that about any superhero. Like, every superhero gets gets like a modern update, like a couple of times a generation. And Well, and, no, yeah. But, but they're, and they're all basically, at their core, they're all very simple one-dimensional characters like and there's no superhero that you couldn't explain in an elevator pitch oh god no so all of them should no. be able to be updated and written well but they but, but they can't but they don't because batman in the hands of warner brothers they just keep being like 
people like this brooding millionaire who gru- who's like got a gruff voice. <laughs> yes. But like there's, they never bring anything. There's no new point of view. Zack Snyder didn't bring anything new to Batman. Nah, not really. They just, they were like, this is what has worked. Whereas like Marvel, I think has taken a lot more care with their, with their big character and, and is able to make him more emotionally nuanced and make him reflect things. I can't fucking relate to him because I didn't. Well, I don't think he's supposed to be relatable. I think he's supposed to he be. He is a... supposed to be relatable. No. He su- just got done saying he has a, this is every man. He's got no, the no, same no, I'm anxieties sorry. as us. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not a boy genius. I'm... I didn't go to some. I wasn't the I valedictorian. I meant Batman. I meant Batman. Like, oh, he's like, not relatable. No, he's not supposed to be relatable. Spider-Man in his. I'm not friends with Tony Stark. <laughs> Nobody is. <laughs> He's not real. Uh, <laughs> well, in in his superhero ness, he's supposed to have qualities that everybody can relate to. I mean, that's also. I mean, that's the, that's the point of Spider Man into the Spider Verse, right? Like the the whole message is anyone can be Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, anyone. Yeah, but that's sorry, also... sorry, I didn't mean to spoil Spider to the Spider Verse for anybody who hasn't you seen it. Spoil an almost two year old movie. <laughs> you know, and I don't. Again, I'm I'm still gonna like kind of split hairs with you on this because I think that that's not something that is inherent to Spider-Man but I think that is more inherent to Marvel and I think that like in the 60s when all of the DC like big superheroes were just like these gods right then Marvel wrote these characters that all were like angsty teenagers who had like anxiety and oh, depression no. and they lived in real cities like no, New York no, and no. Spider-Man was and... the only angsty teenager you had the entire X-Men they were all okay. like they were I'll all just angsty I'll as give hell. you I'll give you the X-Men but that was a thing that like I know, set their product apart. but beyond that Iron Man is not an angsty teenager you know what I mean he's an like, alcoholic well, not anymore. Well, I guess it, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. But that was but. like you would never, you never saw like DC writing their characters as like having like addiction issues. Like well, they did it with Batman. They, sure, but they probably just cribbed it from Marvel because they were like, "Oh, that works for their millionaire with gadgets. <laughs> Our millionaire with gadgets can drink too." Uh, well, the whole Bane saga came came out of a Legends of the Dark Knight series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. but look all all of this to say that i am on team spider-man from here on out i am i am a diehard fan i am no fair weather fan i'm going to love that character and consume whatever i can get my hands on in the same way uh, i am passionate about batman that's uh, that's that's great yeah you really i i just i feel like you're really growing up (laughs) taking your Got these new interests. <laughs> I can't wait for the the sequel to that game. I hope there's a sequel. I really... uh, that game was a freaking blockbuster. Was a sequel announced? No. Yeah. Well, there you go. You I don't... don't think they're gonna make one? Well, they I left mean... a cliffhanger, and it sold more than the gross domestic product of the Netherlands. Uh... <laughs> Um, I don't really hold my breath until I hear an announcement, but and and even then, not so much. But even after all of these years of yeah. being a fan, yeah, of superheroes, sure. and all of their many, the many ways that they are marketed to us, and yeah. comic books, cartoons, yeah. movies, you still are like, I'm, I'm just gonna like, I don't want to get my expectations. I up. don't. I don't want to get expectations. I will although, bet although I will all say this. ten of my fingers. <laughs> That there will be a Spider-Man 2 game. I 
bet you. Um, it might not be called Spider-Man 2, so I, don't take all my fingers that's, if I, that's on the technicality. That's fine. Okay. Uh, I Not only do I want a Spider-Man sequel, uh, I want Miles Morales to be... That's the cliffhanger they set up in the no, game! I know, but I don't want it to be like a trade-off between Peter Parker and Miles Morales. You just want it to be all Miles? I want a Miles Morales game. I would be fine with either. Yeah. I would prefer it to be an all-Miles game. I would like to like spend although, the time telling Although just a story. two Spider-Man co-op game would be amazing. <sighs> wow. <laughs> that really would. That would, that would be really be a sensational gaming experience. Yes, it would. Uh, so that's my Spider-Man talk. Amazing. I had no idea when we sat down <laughs> and turned on these microphones. Yeah. We were going to spend 25 minutes talking about Spider-Man. I know. I thought we were going to... I don't know, talk about something more like, <laughs> I don't know, something more seedy since this is uh-huh. episode 69. Nice. But, I, don't know uh, you, I don't know what you're talking about. Why would it be seedy? Wait, can I say, is it, can I say another Spider-Man thing? Yes, yes you can. You can always say, <laughs> you never need permission to say another Spider-Man thing. Uh, so Mega Ran recently, and by recently, I mean, I have no idea of the sense of time because I am a weird art hermit now and okay. I don't talk to people and I'm very lonely. Sure, sure. Um, so uh, it could have been sometime in the past year. Okay. He had been like, I don't know if he was going through his comic books at his home or if he was like visiting his mom's house or something. Right. I don't know. But he was going through his comic books and he was showing an issue, uh, the cover, he was like holding up the Spider-Man number one from when Todd McFarlane took like relaunched the series yeah. in late 80s early 90s okay and he was joking he was like ha 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 I uh, I remember when I got this and this was gonna like buy my mom a house someday because it was a big event yeah. when yeah, yeah. Todd they were launching a new Spider-Man yeah. series and there's that picture of him he's like sitting in the web yes and they released like 10 variant covers of, of it there was like a, yeah, yeah. a gold foil one and a black one that was that was the green the one heady days yeah. of spider i i remember seeing, was it the 80s i thought that was like maybe the early 90s it, it was late 80s early 90s okay as i just said okay and i related so hard to that because when that came out i bought all of them i bought Ooh. multiple versions because some oh, of them came God. already in a bag yeah yeah so i bought like two versions of that one so I could read one and then I bought all of the variants and they're all in a box of comic books right over there he said (laughs) extending his right arm toward the west yes (laughs) and uh, Uh, I I remember that I remember that being like such a big deal when there was this new Spider-Man series it looked great yeah it was great yeah I never and I I gobbled them all up I never did that every now and then I'll go and like dig around on the internet and get lost in a, like a wormhole and start looking no. at like price know, guides price guides and see yeah. yeah yeah they'll just send you one of those if you want oh yeah yeah they, you, <laughs> they'll just give it they, to you. they they sell them by the pound they now. printed so many of them you can but get, they're not you get 50 for a dollar i'll tell you what i do have though oh. that i'm very excited about what's that i have the amazing spider-man number 300 which is mm. The first appearance of the black costume. Ooh, that is fancy. That is among my more valuable treasures in my comic book collection. Um, I think I have I have a couple of valuable, and by valuable I mean like maybe twenty five, fifty bucks, if that. I have like the first issue of like Spawn somewhere. Hmm. Um, I've got I've got like some some. I have like one or two really nice issues, but like nothing to like fucking. It, it 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 might make it might get me dinner and like a, a ride on the metro. 
Uh, but that's about it. The Metro? Well, you know, the MTA train system thing. Subway. The New York City subway. Okay. The New York City Transit Authority subway system. Wow. Yeah. Do you also want me to call you on your mobile? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, but here's another thing I want to talk about. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I, we have a guest coming, so I, I want to fit this all in before they get here. Okay. Um, there's a comic book that I'm reading called Monstrous. Okay. I and I don't know if you know this, but this is your new favorite comic book. Okay. It's, it's a high fantasy sci-fi story. Now, I know you. I know your brain turned off when I said high fantasy. Did you see my eyes? Yes, yeah. they, they rolled in the back of I, your head. I was like, all right. No, no, but here's you the tried thing. Tried to sell me on high fantasy many times over the no, years. No, I know, I know, but it's it's published by Image Comics. Okay. Uh, it's written by Marjorie Liu and drawn by Sana Takata, I believe. Um, okay, remember, remember Saga? Of course. Of course. And you love Saga. I love Saga. Also published by Image Comics. Yes. Um, that I would describe as sci-fi high fantasy. Would that be a correct sort of a assumption? Um, no, I would say, I, I guess, whatever, what's the language you would use to describe Star Wars? Sci-fi high fantasy. Then it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. I guess I would say more like space opera. Okay. Well, I mean, Saga's more, f- is, is funnier. Um, than what? Star Wars? Oh my god, yes. I mean, just because they can swear and take drugs. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, There's monst- a lot of humor in the Star Wars movie. <laughs> whoa, whoa, easy, Tiger. Sorry, I got a little defensive. Nobody's, I know. Holy shit. Nobody's spoken ill of, of the Skywalkers <laughs> in this studio in ages. <laughs> uh, Monstrous is does for high fantasy that Saga did for science fiction. Okay. Um, it's this. It's this really deep, deep, deep lore world with um, regular humans and these sort of fey creatures and the hybrid people that are sort of in between and this war that's raging between them. And it has to do with uh, this one young woman who's trying to find answers about her life and her missing mother and her connection to a long dead dark god and it is fucking amazing it oh. is so goddamn good uh it's i think there're 24 issues in two trade paperbacks a third one's coming i would i would imagine relatively soon uh i cannot speak its praises enough i've had so much fun reading it it's dark it's funny it's action packed it's actually has something to say about the world that it inhabits and the world that we inhabit and it draws all kinds of uh 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 examples and and tr- tries to have a point of view about it huh. and it's amazing wow it's amazing is it in your comicsology yeah great it's in my comicsology great. uh you you better download it i will it's uh it's probably the best story i've read in a very long time that's it. now look granted there's like there's there's magic and there's like talking tigers and there's like okay with you those. know a sexy wolf woman uh, and does the word mage appear in it uh no then i'll probably be okay 
As long as there aren't mages well, and elves. That's, like, that's the kind of stuff that like turns me off. Well, like, there's no there's no elves per se, and there's no mages per se, but there are magic wielders. That's fine. Okay. I have no problem with magic. I have no problem okay. with supernatural elements in the stories sure. that I read, but it's when they use that actual language of what I can well, what the, I consider like the tropes of yeah. high fantasy. Yeah. Mages, elves. But it's got a little bit of everything. It's got like <clears throat> You know, machine guns and great. I love tanks those. and pirates and uh, demigods and just great writing. That's a bunch of stuff that I like. Yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Check it out. It's called Monstrous, published by Image Comics. It gets my highest recommendation. Did you hear? And I know you did because I already told you. But did you hear <laughs> that The Walking Dead ended suddenly? I, I only knew about this because you told me. Yeah. Um, uh, is there a reason why? Did the creator get cancer or something? Or is he no, dead? Or? There was no freaking warning. It was issue 193. It was kind of like a double issue. Uh-huh. And it was the end. And there was no indication leading up to it that, that it was going to be the end. In fact, there had been a major character death like two issues before. Oh. It was huge. And then in the end, like in their letter section or whatever, in their little outro, Robert... Kirkman would write sure. these little things where he was like, you know, uh, I know this is like going to shake up this universe a lot, but we got a lot. This is going somewhere. We got like a, this is going to a big place. Oh, and no. And kind of kept hyping it up. The issue before the, the penultimate issue even was talking about like the, the, the just kind of like alluding to like big things down the road. Oh, shit. And then no. boom, 193 drops, not 200, 193. Oh, no. And it just, there was a time jump and an end. Oh, and then, in, instead of a letter section, there's like this five-page essay from Robert Kirkman explaining why it ended and all of his like feelings well, what, what's, surrounding What's it. the takeaway from why it ended? Uh, they didn't. Well, I, they had he had had this story plotted out in his head for like years, sure. how it was going to end, and they knew that they were closing in on it and yeah. that it was going to end. Um, and he didn't really want to drag it out anymore because he's even aware, as many of the kind of fans have been, that there's been a lot of over filler the past you know, 13 years or, or oh shit, 15 years that there's been a lot of like re- retreading 15 years yeah, going back and re kind of like examining stories with different like there's like a new antagonist and right, there's right, a right. war and then they like have to rebuild and people die and then they just keep kind of doing that. He didn't want to keep doing that. And um, he just felt like it was. That it was there, was time. A, there was a good place and it was a good place to end. And it is. It's as somebody who has read that book for a very long fucking time. <laughs> well, 13, 15 uh, years. I'm very, very satisfied oh. with how it ended. Oh, good. Yeah. That's rare. <clears throat> I also, I don't fully believe him. Um, his, his explanation for why it ended. I feel like it's probably some pressure. Or he's just burnt out? Or? I'm sure he's got, like, a lot on his plate now. There are two Walking Dead television series. There is a third one premiering this fall. Jesus. And as everybody knows, that there is... Is he writing them? He can't possibly be writing them. Uh, he's got some sort of input. He, sure. He definitely has to work on them. Um, there's also three uh, Walking Dead movies coming. Jesus. So, yeah, he's... Like, now he is at... He's sitting on this gigantic like mountain of a franchise. Right. The thing that started it, which is the most time consuming, um, is probably the it's, least. It's probably hard to, I don't know, fit into the schedule. But yeah. it's all, it also does. I do kind of appreciate ending a story instead of just dragging it on indefinitely. Yeah. Like some of my favorite books, some of my favorite comics, Sweet Tooth. Yeah. Um, that could have gone on, but it shouldn't have. 
<laughs> they ended it when it should have ended. Lock and key ends where it should yeah. have ended. Yeah. And I feel like this one ends. And I'm and I'm, I bring up Sweet Tooth especially because the ending of that felt very uh, reminiscent of the ending of Sweet Tooth. I don't think that's a spoiler, but it felt The Walking Dead ends in a way that reminded me of Sweet Tooth and also made me cry. Right. And it was it's it's wonderful. And oh, and I I'm I'm really glad to hear that. It's yeah. so rare that beloved series that have gone on for a very long time when it's time for them to end feel satisfying in yeah. a way and that's that's really good to know and he also like and, and this is the thing that I want to believe it, it could just be bullshit but I, I want to believe this sure. that they didn't that they always knew it was going to end there but they didn't publicize that because you would be able to anticipate that and kind of a big part of the experience of reading The Walking Dead for all these years is never being able to anticipate like the shocking moments uh, and the deaths. You can never like telegraph a major character's death and that's what made it so... That seems a bit like hindsighty, you know? Yeah, it may be, but it, you know... I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, how convenient. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but I, I definitely got like knocked on my ass many times by shit happening in that comic. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, that I couldn't have seen coming, and this, and like, like just two issues before this was wow. one of those moments, and so then like two issues later to have it just end is. I think I think it might be time for me to get back on the. Now that I know there's an actual end, it might be time for me to get back on the yeah, walking dead. It's train. easier to read a book when yeah. you know there's an ending, isn't yeah. there? Like yeah. a, a series? Yeah, I don't. It's 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 hard. like it's like there are only so many books I can afford each week, you know. Uh, and I already spend way too much damn money on comic books, as my fiance Lisa could probably probably attest to. Yeah. Um, and because I want to, because like you know, I'm a big supporter of like supporting the art you want in the world, right? Yeah. So I want more Spider Man. I want more Miles Morales. So I'm gonna buy more Spider Man and more Miles Morales. I mean, they probably don't need my help. They're a multi million dollar franchise, but at the same time, I mean, time, like I think that that ethos could be better applied to sort of independent creators. Well, which is why like Spider Man's got no problem. No, exactly. Which is why like I, I'm picking up books like Monstrous oh. and you know throwing my money towards them because I want more books like that. Yeah. You know. Uh, and it's just it's it's nice. I mean, I don't know if Montrose has an end. It feels like it has, a, like a solid narrative arc. It's trying to tell, like it doesn't seem like it's this. Well, they always do early on. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. I think I think I'm along for the ride. You know what I mean? Like I think, I think Saga needs to end. To be honest, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think because it's been it's been on hiatus for quite some time, and I think if it does come out, this should be the wrap up. Yeah. Um, because I think it's at such a beautiful point in its storytelling that I think going any further might ruin it. Yeah. You know, unless, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's brilliant stories to be told, but I, I don't see it, to be honest. Um, but then again, I'm not a comic book creator. No. So what do I know? But you're a fan and and creators should listen to you and base all of their decisions on all of your angry comments online because that is how the world works. If you have access to the artists who create the things you like, you should just yell at them until they do the things you want. Please don't do that. Come to Ohio. Okay. Please don't do that. No, don't do that to anybody. That's a public service announcement from the Epic Podcast from us to you. Leave creators alone. reminds me I have some thoughts about The Last Jedi. Oh, God. No, I don't. No, you don't. Other than it was awesome. I liked it. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> what else? I don't know. Um, I feel like we kind of need to talk about naughty things. I don't have anything. I don't have anything naughty to talk about. I'm an art hermit. 
You're the first person I've seen in weeks. I just sit here and scream at cats. You know, before Lisa, I used to I used to get home on on Friday afternoon, uh, lock myself into a dark room, and then not leave until Monday morning. Huh. Well, I did and that. Never, and never speak to anyone. So by the time I went to work on Monday morning, uh, my voice would sound like this. I do a similar thing, except I started in June. And uh, <laughs> pretty soon I'll have to leave the house again. But you know what? what? I'll save that for the plugs. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break, man. Great. Folks, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back in just a moment. With food scrolling down, it's all the same. Good angles and good lighting. Their best side is boring me. I want to see what's underneath. Too many people in a line, too many faces in my mind. I'm overwhelmed, I feel resigned. Swiping left, killing time. Podcast is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. And did you know that the Nerdy Show Podcast Network is home to dozens of other programs that are also surely relevant to your nerdy interests? Well, both of these bits of information are all the way true, friends. Swing by nerdyshow.com and see what treasures await you. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. 
or subscribe via Spotify or Stitcher. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. At patreon.com slash nerdyshow, you can fund the entire Nerdy Show Network and unlock a plethora of amazing bonus content and early releases. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Piecast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Folks, our guest on the program this month is an actor, performer, and author. Her new book is called Strip, A Stripper's 20 Life Winning Lessons. Please welcome to the program, Essence Revealed. Hooray! Yay! Hello! Welcome to the show, Essence. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I guess we want to sort of dive in about um, the book and you and all kinds of stuff. So let's do it. um, Give us a a, a, give us a sort of the elevator pitch to what the book is so that so people understand what we're talking about. Right. The book Strip a Stripper's 20 Life Winning Lessons is basically self-help from a stripper. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you I I had to as an introvert um, who is a homebody and is extremely uncomfortable, was extremely uncomfortable asking for anything, talking about money. I kind of had to learn some things. Oh, sure. So, yeah, yeah, it is, you know. The book takes us through that, too. As you're giving these self-help like life lessons throughout the book, you frequently go back and you kind of relate them to your experiences stripping. And. I liked those moments a lot where you are, where you kind of put us uh, as a fly on the wall as you were learning these things right. throughout the experience. And, and I, I really got the feeling reading it that you, you could see this evolution from somebody who might have at times felt a little in over her head mm-hmm. to times just becoming the freaking master of, <laughs> of this. There were some good nights. There were uh, some good nights. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, my thing is that people don't really think about the world of sex workers or specifically strippers as anything other than you take off your dress and you're naked for people. Right. For strangers. Yeah. And, and I guess they if you ask 100 people, going on. That, like 99% of the time, that would be their yeah. sort of pat answer. Yep. Yeah. So what's, I guess, what's what's your, I mean, ha, been, having been an insider mm-hmm. and sort of, I guess, would it be fair to say mastered this particular art well, form? We'll say that. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, um, what's what's your take on it? I mean, if, if someone to ask you now, like, oh, you're a stripper. What was that like? What would you tell them? I tell people all the time, stripping is a sales job. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a sales job. Yeah. You know, I, I did real estate coming out of doing <laughs> stripping like in, in strippers either get their real estate license or they're becoming nurses like those are the two things oh, seriously <laughs> yes those, those skills apply and it seems like I, for some I, reason everyone gets their real estate license right you still have right. freedom you, you have right. to sell right you want to make money sure there's a high commission rate commission yeah. you know so yeah. yeah both of those fields are that's not at all surprising because it seems like at the core there is a very very similar skill set in both of them right like, like, there's a certain there's a certain like empathy bedside manner involved in nursing right. that you mention a lot in the book, and then and especially in sales and yes. in real estate, you spend a lot of time trying to close a sale, mm-hmm. regardless of what kind of mental state you're in that particular right. day. You have to like you gotta it, it, if you're there, you know. And back in my day, 
because I'm an ancient stripper. We didn't have Instagram and, you know, there was no way I was posting that I was in a locker room somewhere in a club. I like the one of the security guards of the last place I worked would call me Clark Kent because I would <laughs> roll in with the sweats and the glasses in the backpack and then yeah. come out with the 16 inch weave and nice. the, you know, the makeup and all the things because I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing. There was not such pride. Sure. So, how frequently was that experience also like to continue the the superhero metaphor? Mm. Was that like kind of transformative? Was it was it going there and then changing mm-hmm. the, the the glasses and the and the sweats to the costume? Was it just Oh yeah, the, it was a whole character, is a whole persona. Who I was dancing is not who I am as a person. Um, you know, she's she the the stripper me is a bit aggressive, but in a very kind way. You know, <laughs> like a benevolent master. <laughs> <laughs> Guiding with kindness. Sure, 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 okay. <laughs> and you know, real life me is I would probably die before asking anybody for anything, you know, in terms of my comfort level. I'd rather take care of myself and um not talk to anybody. And that's a that's a thing that you really drive home in your book. This this idea of asking for what you want. Yes. Right. Like it, it's like it's 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 the predominant. At least for me. At least my takeaway was the predominant sort of life lesson in in all of these encounters that you had, and 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 a lot of your writing. It really for me it boiled down to just asking for what you want, and the the kind of sort of bravery, the fearlessness, the 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 sort of out-of-the-box thinking that it takes to sort of even approach that as a topic. Uh, mm. I mean, for you, I would imagine that it became essential because it was a, a money-making thing. Right. You know, I. how can I, someone who... Well, okay, let's let's talk about my real-world thing. So I'm a, I'm a magician who's created a solo show that I'm right. trying to sell to producers. Mm-hmm. And I've spoken to producers, and they all like the work, but none of them really want to sort of take it on. And I've come to the bleeding edge of what I'm capable of doing on my own. Mm-hmm. So the next step is either to find someone to back it, or it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do I go from there, I guess, is really the... How many people have you asked? Ah, that's a great... I guess, I don't know, maybe... You know, chapter a few one dozen, I suppose. Chapter one is start collecting more no's. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I was thinking like there are people who um have written books who were from publishers. Yeah. Right? And so um, you know, they had a whole like marketing plan. I'm a self published author. Sure. I'm just yeah. like, you know, among the other things that I do. And so I'm watching how her um her whole rollout played out. And it's very easy on social media to be like, oh, man, well, I have a book and I'm not doing those things. But when I step back and I go, well, did you go find a publisher? Yeah. Did you did you you know, did you um, call a bunch of bookstores and set up um, a tour? You're a producer. You've produced tours for yourself overseas. Yeah. yeah. Did you do that? Did you do this? You know, did you take all of the actions that you could possibly do to Mm. get the thing done? Right. 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 So in the case of solo show, yeah, it's like who who are your absolute cheerleaders as a magician? Who right. are your biggest who are your biggest fans? Who are your biggest champions? Who are like you cannot quit doing this ever? You know, those are the people that you really tap into and right. those are likely the people that you wouldn't want to tap into because they're so supportive, right? 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, they always, I don't want Yeah, like, yeah. No, those are the people you want to ask for help, you right. know? And it may not necessarily be that they themselves are going to help you, but because they are so much your fan, they may pass your stuff on to other things. Sure. You know? Okay. Yeah, that was the, of uh, uh, two of the lessons that, and I, I think that this, this book works as great advice for, if, if even if you're somehow finding like if you have this I don't know initial sort of uh, powerful reaction to seeing the word stripper like on, on the cover of the book the advice is so universal and to anybody trying to just create anything mm-hmm. really and I found that that was one of the one of the advices that was one of the, one of the pieces of advice that was most helpful was the the, the many times you kind of talk about like collecting no's mm-hmm. and learning how to deal with rejection because right. I don't have a real good time with that. I, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, you haven't had to audition a lot. I have. I, have? I'm no stranger to rejection, to rejection and I still way. just don't take it well. Huh. And I found that like those passages in the book kind of soothing in a way like I was I felt like I was listening to sort of like soothing music I was reading over these words being like being like rejection is not it it's just an additional challenge and it's also a learning experience it's part of the thing because also you know in the case of performers we you know you're gonna get a yes you're gonna get a no there's not really anything you can look back and and kind of tweak because you didn't get the part because you looked like the producer's ex-boyfriend that she can't stand or yeah. you're wearing the the band shirt that that somebody they don't like sure yeah. you know any yeah. random thing versus you know when i was a dancer i could come home and be like okay so this person said no to me but then i saw them spend all this money what could i have done differently right you know how can i tweak that so the nose can be so much useful information yeah um and also how much do you want it there are things that I do mm. now that pay my bills that didn't give me a cent for years. Yeah. But now I depend on because I figured out a way. Um, you know, I wanted to be a performer. That's one of the reasons why I became a stripper. Being a, an artist is expensive, strangely enough. <laughs> yeah. you know, Particularly in New York City. Of, New York Oddly City. enough. Pictures, classes. <laughs> therapy. Th- therapy. <laughs> All the time. All the time. <laughs> you know, so I, I did that because I wanted to be a performer. And when you're in art school, they're not like, Oh, so okay. When you get out into the real world, this is how you set up your office, and this is how you run your business yeah, as yeah. a there, painter. There's no classes like or that. Uh, whatever doodad you make, right? Yeah. No, you're just out there. And I was at this crossroads where I was like, either I'm going to have to get a job, or I'm going to have to figure out a way to be an actor that doesn't get me in trouble by leaving my jacket on the back of my temp chair because <laughs> that half hour lunch is going to be an hour because I'm at an audition. Sure, sure, sure. You know? So I was like, I can do this. No one will know until I can take care of myself doing that. Yeah. It didn't happen the way I thought it would. I'm supposed to be like a blockbuster <laughs> movie star by now. <laughs> Damn it. But, you know. I know. I know. But, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad at residual income. Okay. Uh, so I guess, and I guess that that's a that's a thing I want to touch on. And there's there's a lot of really great stories on here. I I, I want to get to that, but I suppose, um, I, how how do I put this delicately as Don't. a as a cisgendered uh, straight male uh, who's trying really hard to be the best feminist I can be, and ally. 
they're coming from coming from a stripper world and 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 with all of the baggage that sort of entails mm-hmm. um and all of this sort of misconceptions mm-hmm. about what the job is and what the job isn't and who you are as a person and who you're not as a person mm-hmm. and what that means in the greater sense of what it means to be a feminist you you must have an opinion on all of that and uh and i i guess you know because as a as a as someone who doesn't know that world i sort of struggle to sort of you know figure out where that falls in mm-hmm. in the sort of like how is that empowering to women right and so uh now that i have you in the hot seat yes i want to know like what is what is it about stripping that that call to you how how does that fit into your sort of like overall overbranching theory of what mm. who you are as a person and, and your feminism well i i didn't actually go after being a stripper i was trying to be a bartender Oh, which is another thing I do. <laughs> um, so uh, I walked into a club to get a bartending job, and the manager is like, eh, "You know, you make more money as a dancer." And I was like, "Pardon, <laughs> I have a degree from NYU. <laughs> In fact, I have two. I have my master's in education." Nice, you know. And he's like, "Yes, yeah, so we got girls from NYU here, like whatever." Right. Um, you know, and me and my little hurt self with my little $50 in my pocket, that was all I had left, <laughs> sat on the subway and was like, well, maybe I should, uh, and decided to try it. So it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to be empowered woman and take back this. But then after doing it, I'm like, wait a minute, as a cisgendered woman, yeah. I have been being hit on on the streets. Cat calling started at the age of 11. Oof, a doofa. Cheapers. I remember walking down the street, you know, passing my favorite pizza shop, heading to the park, and this old guy in a truck said something to me, or said something, I didn't know he was talking to me, said something about the person's body, sure. and I was looking around to see who he was talking to like that, and it was me, and I was like, wait, what? I couldn't understand. Yeah. You know, like, I look at pictures of myself at 11 through, like, 20, sure. there's nothing sexual in that person. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, you know, and I've had to deal with it as soon as I leave the house. Now, if I decide I'm going to go into a club, I'm going to get compensated for this. A, I can decide who I want to take the cat call from sure. without worrying about my life. Sure. Right. On yeah. the street, mm-hmm. I got to decide, do I ignore it? Do I do I say hello? Do I do the smile? Yeah. yeah. Do I insult you like you're yeah. insulting me? Like, what do I do? And I have to decide quickly because it can go from zero to 100 really fast and it could be lethal. Yeah. But inside of a club, we got all the security guards, you know. For me, it just felt like the easiest hard thing, right? Nothing is really easy unless you start off with the, you know, plantation head start money, as I call it. (laughs) 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 Other than that, you have to put some work in, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, So I can either go to work and I was making as a temp maybe twenty twenty five dollars an hour as a twenty something year old. That was great Oof. for me. Yeah, right at that point. That's not bad. Um, but then if I don't do that, what other options do I have? I can art model, but there's only a certain amount of hours per week I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can what work retail. Um, even I could I couldn't get a bartending job. That was the other thing too. So maybe that would be money. But as far as exchanging my time for money, yeah, stripping just made more sense to me. I could work as much as I want, as little as I want. If I had an audition in the early morning, I didn't go to work. 
if I needed more money because I needed to, you know, I really wanted to shoot with those photographers that cost a thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. I can go do that, you know. Um, if I want to go on vacation, I just go. If I don't feel like working that day, I just call and say I'm not showing up. Yeah. Nobody's asking me any questions. Right, you know. and you're not in in you're you're not at risk at losing your job. Or... Not at risk at losing wow. my job for not showing up. Right. You know. Um, I make my own schedule pretty much. There's some clubs that try to be like, you have to work a slow night if you work a busy night. But they can't make you because you're an independent contractor. Yeah, there's a lot of like, so, I feel you know, like there's a lot of this misconception about about this kind of work that has been perpetuated through <clears throat> pop culture since the beginning of pop sure. culture. Sure. Mm. That like it's it's this you're. In, in these terrible conditions and that it's this last ditch effort and that you you have no other options and mm-hmm. it's it's and it's and it's it, seedy work for people with questionable morals and and I'm like I'm wondering is this like was this created by people who were like exhausted from their demanding <laughs> nine to five office right, jobs, jobs and were envious because better. it seemed like you have this job where you're getting to kind of do everything on your terms depends I, I always look at things in life as yes and very okay. few okay. things are black and white. Sure, There's sure. so many nuances. There are people who work in places um, and choose to do stripping or other sex work because they have no moral whatever. This is, you know, I worked with girls in Vegas that rolled into work at 2 a.m., made whatever they needed to make to get their high on for however many hours it would last and leave. I also worked with, you know, microbiologists who were working on their own um, makeup lines. And everything in between, yeah. you know. So, yes, there are and there are the places where, you know, you go in and you, you go into the VIP room, you going to get VIP. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the P. Yep. Um, <laughs> depending on how service oriented she may be. But there's options, right? So yeah. let's talk about privilege. I am college educated. I come from an intact family. Um, I've been thin. I've been an athlete. Yeah. Um, I know how to... I grew up in Boston, so I also know how to... Let's just say your older uncles are very easily impressed. Oh, no. And so I've learned how to use that to my benefit. Oh, You know, I always tell people underestimation is one of the greatest tools in my toolkit. Sure. So I'm able to maneuver in that world in a way that some folks might not be able to, right? Right, right. So it, it's just a case-by-case situation. I don't understand why people can't understand that there are no lump sums of all these people are this way. Right. Mm-hmm. Or this means that about this person that they right. do this. And, uh, yeah, I get I mean, because I, I, I often hear, because I, cause I, I live um, in a very progressive uh, uh, echo chamber uh, that I have cultivated very precisely. Yes. Uh, and so I often hear the mantra of sex work is work. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and on the surface, I wholeheartedly support it. But, like, I don't fundamentally understand what that means. It right? means that we go to work and some days it's great and mm. some days it's not. And some days we question all of our life choices. And some <laughs> days we think this is the best thing that we've ever done. And some, it means that it's it is a, like any other job. Yeah, mm. You know, sometimes you got to go to work when you don't feel like it. Sometimes you can't wait to get to work. To, you know, it's a job. Right. There's not, I never had any kind of an emotional connection to sure. the work. Now, 
I'm sitting here thinking like maybe if I had uh, serious issues in myself, mm-hmm. then going into work wouldn't be going into stripping wouldn't be healthy. I don't think that sex work is for everyone. Sure. I don't think that stripping is for everyone. If you don't have a good sense of self, mm. the things that people say to you as a dancer will crush you. Oof. Nobody feels like they have to be polite to stripper. So if people are going to be impolite when you're in the club, they're really impolite. You have to be able to let that roll off and keep going. Wow. Yeah. Um, because your mood is going to affect your money. And this is where all the woo stuff comes in, right? Sure, like sure. girls are in the back <laughs> with our money oil. <laughs> Don't work at the club with somebody's mommy showed them the, the prayer. We got us all blowing on ice cubes. <laughs> Because that's part of the process of a thing. Wow. <laughs> well, you see prayer circles. Seriously? <laughs> like, wow. People are getting their spiritual uh, mojo on because you need to be right in your head and your spirit to go out and deal with these people. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's not healthy for everyone. And therefore, it's not a good work choice for everyone. But it is just a job. Right. I right. never, you know, I never came out of there being like, it's. It's a job. It's a mentally exhausting job more so than it is a physically exhausting job. So, no, it's not going to be empowering to someone who doesn't feel good about themselves right. to constantly be being judged because the no is directly to your face, to yeah. you. Yeah. So that's not going to be an empowering thing for that, that woman. Wowzers. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad you touched on the sort of emotionally exhausting part of it because mm-hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a couple of stories that you, you tell in the book. And one is, um, I think the one that really spoke to me is the 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 military uh gentleman mm. who had been who, who served some tours in afghanistan right and he was responsible for the lives of, of a whole lot of people right and the the i can't even imagine the staggering amount of pressure that that person was under mm-hmm. in under those conditions and and all you really did was just listen to him. listen you know and i guess and, and and i found that really wonderful and touching and human um and, you know, and at the same time, it's a transaction, you know, you're providing a service. Right. How, how do you sort of detox from that? Like, is it, is it just, is it just one of those things like, cause, because it's your character, you can just yep. turn it off? Yep. Okay. Wow. I always say that I feel like being an actor um, was part of the reason why I was able to maintain sanity doing this job. Uh-huh. Also therapy. Okay. I've been in therapy for like 20 years. I should be fixed okay. any day now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You're, I'm just you're, you're about my, due. My you're receipt. about due. Yeah, yeah. You know? Your certificate. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. I really wish there there were certificates. Right? <laughs> like, completion. Oh, you're, done. you're fixed now. You're done. You're healthy. Because it's also been years and years. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you know, and I am. It was. It was like, literally, I could come in and feel horrible about life and what am I doing and the sure. day I put on the dress I put on the makeup I put on the hair I put on all the accoutrement including the scent sure I sure, had sure. my own signature scent you mentioned the scent <laughs> yeah. a few times Ocean in the- I was not trying to be Tropical about no Ocean. apple or um, <laughs> what was it cotton candy I no, wasn't sure. trying to I, be I believe, like that I believe you said a tropical paradise it was a uh, tropical punch oh okay nice yes. nice yes. <laughs> I, like I would go home if I didn't have it that was if I didn't have my hair I would go home I wouldn't work <laughs> i didn't have wow. my scent i'll go i'm not working no, no, yeah. all the magic yeah, that's yeah. a bad that's also like a very performer <laughs> that's a very right. thing thing. kind you of gotta like have the thing gotta have your sort of creature comforts there that like make you let you allow you to do the job right and so once i was out of that then 
you know, I'm back to being me and that them and their stories and their issues. They're, they're only important when I'm there yeah. in case they come back again yeah. so that I can remember that conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't think about it when I leave. Wow. Um, was, I, that, was that just a, like, was that just something that was innate to you or is that something you just had to learn or? I think because we're not emotionally invested in the guys. Oh, Even yeah. if they're telling us emotional things. Sure. We're not emotionally invested. We're invested in what do we need to do to stick around to keep the money flowing? That's yeah. where the mental exhaustion comes in. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> yeah. like you're like, this, what this do I need to do? This, yeah, yeah, what do I need to do while I'm sitting here with this guy to get him to spend as much money on me as possible while also watching the room in case any regulars were to come in because then fuck this work. I'm going to go for the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the normal thing, right? But yeah, I yeah. still have to always seem like I'm giving you 100% of my attention even though I'm always scanning for possibilities. Right, right, right. You know, it's the things like that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm not, I'm not, you know, it's like, I just see green. I see wallets. <laughs> wallets in every plush seat. It's like, it's, 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 <laughs> It's it's I feel like that that's like a superpower in its own because it, it seems like a, a part of this work is kindly even though it's it's theater in a sense it's still kind of you're doing like theater social work in a way I was just and, gonna say it's theater therapy yeah but you know like but, the meme what people think I do but oh yeah, yeah, exactly, really do. Exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, but that but that that I think the superpower is the ability then at the end to just wash it off with the tropical punch like because I I, I I think that that's even if you're like not invested in the customer if you're still like listening to these mm-hmm. like kind of har- harrowing tales and a lot of the time I mean that they, one that stuck with me though the some of the it things made it in the yeah book. some of the things that yeah. he said to me I was just like whoa a thank every military person you see for their service and b fuck that I would never yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would never. Yeah. So thank, thank God that there are people that that do that because it's not, it's not work that's for everyone. It's not work that's for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, holy shit balls! Uh, you know, like people always like, I'd be pissed off if my man went to the club and yeah, yeah. danced with a stripper, and I'm thinking, girl. You want him to go to the club and dance with the stripper because we don't want him. We just want whatever money he's going to spend. Hopefully, he doesn't spend your mortgage money. Oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> right? Um, but and if, hopefully if, for you, if, the imaginary person right. in the story. But if he goes to the regular club or bar or wherever, chances are he might be able to find some chick that likes him enough that she'll just go in the bathroom and make it happen for free. So... <laughs> I don't understand that. I, you know, like we're not thinking about them like that. I, people act like we're emotionally invested in yeah. them. They, be, some people become friends. You know, sure, that happens. I've also always kind of thought that that was weird when when people were would get upset with their partners like patronizing strip clubs because I'm like I don't I don't I I've never really understood how it was a problem and how it was a threat right. to a relationship. Uh, if you're spending the light bill, it's a problem. Sure. If you have expendable income, go do with it what you will, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead of instead of buying a house come for home your happy. second family. Right. Come home happy. That's it. Yeah. Come home happy. Don't buy the house for your second family. <laughs> <laughs> with that expendable income. Girl, we out here saving marriages that people don't even know. Um, wow. Okay, so I said there were two there yeah. were there were the two lessons uh in there that I felt like that really connected with me. And one of them was, uh, again, with seeing opportunity and rejection, uh-huh. which uh, finding, finding the lessons in that. 
And I feel like there are probably like portions of of one of those chapters that are, are going to kind of haunt me for a while because, mm. again, it's something that I struggle with. Um, and the other one was, uh, and this is now I'm just now I'm just going to be unearthing like eight years of therapy. Ooh, uh, oh no. Do tell. Setting boundaries and learning to say no, even when it feels difficult. Like, I don't even remember the exact phrase, but you said something that like, you're telling this story about like this, this friend of yours in college mm-hmm. where, where yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you just couldn't, oh my God. like she was like very kind of like alpha and like just kind of wanted to do anything. And it was very difficult for you to say yes. ever, ever say no, because yes. you felt like you were hurting her in some way. I relate to that so hard. I have such a difficult time. It listen, not when, to you. I don't know why you're laughing. I can't. Even, <laughs> I can't even remember the last time you said yes to anything <laughs> I've ever suggested. He said, "Not you." Yeah. I said why not are you, you using you as the? <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, that is something that so many people have discomfort with the asking. Oh my god! And asking the, and the saying no are the two things that. So the challenge so many people like inside I remember the visceral feeling inside my stomach like oh. nodding not wanting to just say no I don't want to do that I want to stay home um, and what happened is that was one of the first things in therapy I had not heard of this boundaries <laughs> <laughs> what is this strange is this thing called boundaries thing you speak of um, and it was a practice when I'm working with um, the women that I work with. I always say things are a practice because I think that there's a way in which, especially in this add water and stir reality TV world that we live in, people think things should happen all or nothing really fast, yeah. you yeah. know, instant. Um, and so th- I, I try to focus on everything being a practice. So. Maybe the first time I went to say no, it was right there on the tip of my tongue, but it didn't get out. And I just kept doing it until it finally. And then, you know, the first time it came out, it didn't feel good, you no. know, but and, and sticking to my guns against such a powerful opponent <laughs> didn't feel good. Um, you know, but the more you do it, it's like weightlifting. Yeah. Mm. You know, the easier it becomes until now. It brings me joy. <laughs> it sparks joy to yeah. say no. The, the, the release of the shoulders and the, and the breath that can just go when you say no, I'd rather not. I think, yeah, yeah I, in, in reading your book, I think the, the those two things, sort of like asking for help and, and setting boundaries and saying no, because that was like, those were, and also like zero fucks, right? The idea of just like, only caring about the, the 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 people and the things that matter to you, mm-hmm. and everything else can just fucking yeah. wait, right? Yeah. Um, and those are those are things that I've sort of like slowly been adopting mm. throughout my life. And so reading that was just a nice. <gasps> I just thought of a story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so it was, it was a nice validation of that sort of that idea. Mm-hmm. And I guess what resonated for me the most is this, like this idea of collecting no's. You know, like it's not enough to like ask for you wanting and be okay with the rejection. It's like you have to go back in and you have to keep going back in right. until you start collecting some yeses. Right. Ultimately. Um, but please tell me the story. OK, so how do I come to this lesson about boundaries? Because there were two times where three times where I let I went past what I was comfortable with. Ooh. And the feeling that I went home with was not worth any amount of money, right? Oof. So one was, um, I it was a small club, 
and the manager asked me to come into the office. And by office, I mean something, a room the size of that couch. Okay. <laughs> a very small room. <laughs> right. With the, a very small room with a desk at one end and then like a chair and no room. Right. So calls me into the office and asks me to give him a dance. And I feel really uncomfortable dancing for my boss. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't feel right. But I'm like, eh, he's not going to harm me. Right. So I give him a dance. It's a topless club. Sure. I give him a dance. He wants me to take off my bottoms. I Uh, won't take off my bottoms, but I definitely let him have more contact than I usually do. Because I always worked in no contact clubs. Yeah. You know, this is I would literally go look at the reviews of a club. If the customers were like, this place is great. Like, nope, not working there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because that's usually code for they let me touch. Exactly. So I'm like, nope. mm -mm." Um, And when he he threw like money at me afterwards, he like threw some money down on the desk and was like, get back to work or something like that. And I was just like, no, I felt like I had been violated, you know, because that power dynamic wasn't equal. I'm like, well, it's my boss. And, you know, this is still 20s me. Yeah. So uh, I don't want my boss mad at me. And well, money is money. Right. And no, 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 no. It's just not worth it because nobody is served. Right. You don't feel good about not setting that boundary. And that person that you're allowing to go over, you're you're being dishonest with them. Yeah. So who wins? Yeah, true. Yeah. You know, just say no. (laughs) You hear that, America? (laughs) Please fight through the discomfort. Make it a practice. You know, it's like yoga. When you first do yoga, you can't do the stupid little swoop downy thing. That everyone seems sure. to do with such ease, and that you just kind of fall on no, the floor, that hurts me so and you'll much. catch up, right? And then one day you're like, "Oh, oh I can do it." I I feel like I need some like supplemental like reinforcement for this concept because this has been one of the key talking points of, for me in therapy mm. for years and years and years, and it's just me constantly going back to my therapist and being like. I had another opportunity to try to set a boundary. <laughs> and guess what I did? Chickened out. Okay. Here, here. And, I, and I just keep doing it over right. and over. And I keep taking on projects that like aren't that I Let's can't look at I don't it have the this time way. for because I don't want to upset people. Let's look at it this way. Okay. I'm a big fan of reframing things, right? Okay. So you're thinking about it in a way in which you are going to hurt these people, mm-hmm. right? If you say no, if you don't show up for them, right? And it's not gonna be a positive experience for them and you like them. You really want them to to be um, okay. Now, if we think about it from an ego standpoint, who the fuck are you? <laughs> is there, their life is going to fall apart because you said no? That's that's a f- fucking excellent framing. And I say that because I had to learn that lesson in terms of breaking up with people. Like, it would take me months and months and months to break up with someone because I'm like, I don't want to hurt this person just yeah. because I don't want to be with them. And realize, wait, that's ego. Like, how important do I think I am that my no is going to destroy somebody's life? Yeah, I've, I've never thought Schaefer was important. <laughs> not, not one. You know, not so it's like, who the fuck bit. am I? Like, my breaking up with someone is going to end their existence. <laughs> Me not going to the club with my friend is going to, like, shatter any good experiences she can have in life going forward. No. See, 
this is why you would be an excellent therapist. <laughs> my therapist says this all, all the time. She says the th- same thing. Well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Whereas you would say like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and like I can, that resonates. That, that has an impact behind it. I'm not for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, yeah, knock it off. What do you? Also, you have a problem asking for help. I have a huge problem asking. I know. For help. We I, all do. It's a thing. I, I constantly, constantly. I still am do. I him. do it, and I encourage people to do it, yeah. and I still don't always feel comfortable doing it. I don't have a problem asking for help. I, I, hmm. I guess it's just a, it's a thing that I've never really had a problem with. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a tendency to stop because I figure like, oh, I've asked for enough. I was just going to say, how yeah. many hours a day are yeah. you putting into contacting or yeah, researching exactly. producers to contact? Exactly. Like, I figured, <laughs> well, I badgered this person enough. Um, and I think I need to really find a way to work around that part of it mm-hmm. and just keep badgering people until they like... Follow up and follow through. Yeah. There are so many... I mean, there are so many things in life I have gotten just because I follow up. I remember right. once... This is a little... Thing, a little not inconsequential life thing we're following through. I went to a book reading once and the author said, anyone who buys the book today um, will also get a free hour of coaching with me on blah, 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 whatever interesting thing. And I was like, bet to that. I got the yeah. book. I called and I got the, the coaching, um, you know, a.k.a. knowledge I would have had to pay for because he had it all. And I said to him at the end of it, I was like, how many people actually took you up on that offer? Because a lot of people bought the book. He said, you're the only one. Whoa. Huh. I hear that all the time. Because I'm always like, how many people actually followed up with you? No one. I'm the only one. So many times in so many different areas of life. When people often on the spot. And we're constantly bombarded with stuff. Yeah. You know, I was doing a GoFundMe when I first was my first tour for Europe. And people would say, um, remind me. And I had to fight through feeling like I was bothering them to constantly remind them. But being on the other side of it, I get it. Yeah. Because if there's an event or something that I really want to do, I have to super laser focus on it or it's going to bypass me even though I wanted to go, even though I wanted to give, even though I wanted to help, you know, because of all the other stuff. So he who follows up and follows through, I'm like, oh, yeah, here, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's it's all. I mean, that's I, I see how that's related with its own set of challenges. Because then I'm like, I don't want to feel like I'm harassing or bothering or inconveniencing anybody. But like, you're also <laughs> they can say no. They can say no. You're still trying to like promote a thing that is part of your own set of goals. Inconveniencing somebody by reminding them about it should not be a stumbling block in the Ego way. Ego is a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> You know, from one from one introvert to another, right. it's a room full of introverts, I guess. I know. Uh, it's it's really a room full of introverts who all spend their time on, on stage. Yes. <laughs> it's it's look at me. Don't talk to me. That's oh right. God. Oh my god. Oh, get that, out of my brain. That will be get my, the fuck out of my brain. That will be my first tattoo. <laughs> That I will get. I'll get at fifty. That's right. <laughs> I demand your attention now. Don't Leave fucking look me at alone. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it, I just it's it's really it's really heartening to hear this from someone who's who like speaks my introvert language. You know what I mean? And and has gone through this and gone through like 
you know, some pretty fucking terrible experiences in terms of like, you know, being dealt with terribly and, and, you know, fucking deep, horrible stories that are not yours, but somehow you need Mm -hmm. to process. And it's just, it's good to hear someone who like identifies as, I just want to, sit in the dark corner and read a book mm-hmm. and 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 then there are ways to sort of still be an introvert and still get the things that you want in life yes you know and that and that being an introvert is not an obstacle no to getting what you want right yeah you and, know i think it's it's all practice what how much is the thing worth it to you if it's worth it to you you'll push past the discomfort yeah or you'll get yeah. comfortable with the discomfort there are certain things that i i push past the discomfort with and there are certain things that I no longer have any kind of charge around. And there are things that the charge is still there. The discomfort yeah. is still there, but I do it anyway. Sure. Um, so there's, there's, you know, I think people think that they're going to get to this place where fearless means you feel no fear and you're always bold and you're always ready to leap the you know, building with a single bound. And that's not how life works. No. You know, because everything is going to have a different temperature for us depending yeah. on what we've been through. Yeah. And, and, that's and another important point in the book is saying that, yeah, is that the fear is important, that it's not something to be that is even that is possible to completely overcome or is worth completely overcoming. There is there's value in, in having that fear and being able to, like, navigate it, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, I also think is very helpful. And I <laughs> wish you could talk to my therapist. <laughs> All this time you've been doing therapy, you just needed a stripper. Seriously, that needs to be put on a T-shirt. Seriously, <laughs> that needs that needs to be merch and be sold somewhere. Uh, okay, I think I think we're I think we're about winding down here. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have Do you have like maybe an anecdote you that didn't make the book that you'd like to share, um, or maybe something you'd like to like a, a story from the book that maybe you didn't go into depth that you would like to go into depth with. Hmm, a story that I didn't tell. Or if you, or if you want to share a story from the book, I have a favorite. What's the favorite? I really liked your story about where you're like it. It would be like in a. a I know I keep making the superhero like metaphor, <laughs> here, but maybe it's because our opening segment we we talk, we talk about, about Spider Man for like a half uh-huh. hour. Um, but but I love like in part of your origin story when when you're like learning to deal with the rejection. Uh huh. Um, where you spend this evening working <gasps> with someone named Natasha. Oh my gosh. The, yeah. the Russian and who she, loved your butt. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and just like took oh over. Oh my and gosh. I'm, yes. yes. Tell us, tell okay. us about the Russian butt lover. Yes. <laughs> the Russian butt lover. So it's my first I, time. I, I, I just want to show you that that <laughs> Natasha is dog-eared in this book. <laughs> that wanted, is too wanted, funny. Yeah, right there. <laughs> okay. So it's my first time working in a Manhattan hustle club, right? Uh-huh. Um, I had been working in the boroughs, which was, I show up in a borough club, I think, um, what were the songs that were, the thong song would sure. come on, sure. yeah, and classic. I just danced my little heart out, and money showed up. But in the <laughs> in the Manhattan clubs, you actually had to learn how to do the whole schmooze and talk and go around and talk to everyone, no, no one's no. coming to you, and that's scary. And um, <laughs> sure. so I would, I, every... Till the day I quit, I always start my shift by standing in the corner of the room and kind of trying to catch the vibe, right? And this particular night, she decided I was working with her. Some girls worked in pairs. Mm. Um, I always was jealous because I never had a stripper friend that worked with me in pairs. Um, But that's all right. 
right, Natasha. I had that night with Natasha. She grabbed me and was like, you are going to dance with me now. I said, okay. So, like, I had a choice because she was dragging me. I felt like a little toddler, you know, when you're in your snowsuit trying to keep up with an adult. <laughs> Except I'm in a spandex um, gown. <laughs> And clear heels. And nice. we go up to, um, you know, the first customer. And she doesn't even ask this guy's name. She's like, we dance for you now. <laughs> and I'm standing there waiting for him to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Or wait, how much is this going to be? Yes, or wait, yes, both yes, of yes. you. N- you know, I'm just kind of standing there still like he's going to make us go away. What the fuck? Uh-huh. And, and he doesn't say anything. And she started wow. the dance. And I'm just still waiting for the rejection to happen and she starts taking off my dress and I'm like oh okay so um, (laughs) this is happening now I start dancing (laughs) with her and he gives us each the money for the dance and off we go and we do that the whole night and I'm like holy shit she didn't even talk to them she didn't find out their name she didn't build rapport She's an assassin. She didn't find out what their dog's name was. It's like a stripper sniper. She just swooped in and told them what was going to go down, and that's what happened. Wow. So, yeah. That was, and uh, that was apparently, you you gathered Man, it was about going in with expectation, right? Like, if you go into something, I was thinking about that on the drive here. How many, it's going to be a a status update. Um, (laughs) How much time do you spend, do we spend... Um, thinking about the reasons why something won't work out versus ruminating about the possible solutions. Yeah. Uh, If I broke it down into percentages, 99 to 1. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, she's going... I found that in the clubs when I approached people as if I thought they would want my company and say yes, nine times out of 10, it worked. Versus when I was first starting and I would approach timidly, sure. trying to be polite and not no, interrupt me. anyone, and then they would make me go away. Because I was kind of expecting them to send me away anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that way. Right. But yeah. see, can you take the pressure of walking into a thing, expecting it to all work out, and then it doesn't? Right. Right? Right. Sometimes it doesn't. But I prefer at this stage of life walk into a thing expecting it to all work out um, every time mm-hmm. versus the feeling of walking into a thing waiting for the you know shoe to drop and yeah. things to crumble. Right. It just mm, I get better results the other way. Yeah, I, I feel like there's there's there are all these kind of like platitudes that are like you know that's you're, you're managing expectations by like being br- or, or rather bracing yourself bracing yourself for the worst expect the worst. And I feel like that that is probably counterproductive most yeah. of the time because you you exude what you're feeling and it, like you're you're radiating this kind of audition an, room anticip- yeah, yeah. right when you walk into yeah. the audition room and you feel a certain way you leave and you're like okay even if you didn't get the part you know they're gonna remember you yeah yeah versus yeah. when you're like oh, do I even oh, then I shouldn't this other person is better than me did you did you ever see Natasha again was it just that one no it wasn't just that one it was that one night (laughs) I mean I'm sure I saw her at work again but she never dragged me around the club with her again I I went back to a solo worker she has no idea the 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 impact impact. she doesn't that she had on like not just your life but like your readers (laughs) lives Natasha (laughs) Natasha 
We love if you. you're listening you're and, not, and you're not there's not a chance there's, but, there's no chance you're listening but if you're you, a 90s stripper who worked at 10s cabaret <laughs> and dragged a little black you. girl around and made lots of money one night feel like i need to, to play a pj harvey song <laughs> or something. so i say all this to say yes one of the things that i'm finding extremely um frustrating is that people don't expect things to come out of a stripper's mouth that would make you say, you know, you should probably talk to my therapist. (laughs) You might be able to help. You know, the assumption is really hard to get past. Yeah. yeah. So people don't, um, I find that I may not even be given a chance to talk to, you know, more serious folks because they have the stereotype in their head. Yeah. Like a lot of people be like, oh no, you're not a stripper. You're an exotic dancer. Oh. You're an entertainer. And I would always say, no, I'm a stripper. You have an issue with stripper and you're trying to paint that with me. I have no issue with stripper. I have no issue with stripper. I have no issue being a stripper. I have an issue with how I'm treated by people outside of the world who make assumptions mm. about me as a stripper. Right. That's what the problem always was. That's what the isolation was. That's yeah. what the lying and hiding was because I was worried about how people would react and diminish me into this one stereotypical word. Sure, sure, when sure. When I'm every woman, it's all in me. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you roar. Hell yeah. So, yeah, you know, I just wish people would open up their minds. They don't even understand the very people that are out there saying, oh, fuck whores and prostitutes and strippers and don't realize that the stripper sitting next to them in church. The prostitute is at the grocery store with you helping, you know, playing with your kid, the your your kid's teacher (laughs) is a sugar baby. Because she got to pay off her student loans. <laughs> and she did not work in one of those schools in the program. Um, you know, like, people are just people. And everyone is just trying to, you know, make things happen and make things work as far as um, a living. Yeah. In, in this ever more expensive America, you know. So, uh, just, I wish people would just let people be individual. If someone's fucked up. It's not gonna take too long for them to show that to you. No. So it's it's pretty <laughs> pretty solid to true, just true. go in expecting the best of people because those who aren't will quickly make themselves known. Yeah, sure. And and I'm sure if people frequently would get past that whatever sort of prejudices they would have against this label for this particular line of work, they might realize that they could be sacrificing an opportunity to learn something from somebody who has gathered knowledge from an experience that they, they don't, that they're missing out on. Right. And here's the other thing too, to the point of you with this, with the therapist thing, mm-hmm. when we learn things in a different way, especially after, um, if you are someone who has lived through trauma, learning things in a different way helps it to actually penetrate in your brain, right? Because if you experience trauma as a young child, before your brain is fully developed, what, we're 27, I think, by, something you know, like something that. like that. So if you, when you um, experience trauma as a young child, that literally changes the way your brain functions, works, develops all the way through adulthood, right? So I also feel like you're opening yourself up to a different brain channel to learn some things from different people because you're going to listen to it in a different way. Yeah. That wow. Also... 
Solid goddamn advice. <laughs> Make it look so uh, easy. Essence, thank I you. I read too much and think thank by you. myself a lot. Thank <laughs> you so much for being here. God thank you so much for having uh, me. So is, um, there, is there anything in particular you want to plug before we yes, sign off? Yes, I, um, I do have groups. I do small groups. Um, very tiny, three women at a time, working on getting um, passion projects done. I work with um, women who are survivors of... Um, sexual violence to finally finish their f- passion projects. Awesome. So um, contact me for that. And where can they find you? You can find me on all of the social medias at um, on Facebook. I am facebook.com slash essence revealed um, on Instagram. I am essence S A S um, self actualization strategist is what the S A S stands for. So um at Essence S-A-S on all one word on Instagram. And um, yeah, find me. You can find me. Uh, yeah, we'll put all that information yeah. in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for being on our thank you 69th for episode. Me. 69. Nice. nice. <laughs> Once again, we would like to thank Essence Revealed for being our guest on the program this month. That was amazing. Again, her book is called Strip, A Stripper's 20 Life-Winning Lessons and available from Amazon and various other places where you purchase books (laughs) now. Uh, I mean, we've had a lot of really great guests on this show. uh, And I uh, I think that was probably one of my top favorite interviews so far. Great. Tell me who your least favorite was. You. And we'll tag them in it. Me? <laughs> Did you ever interview me? <laughs> no, but I think we have an idea for a uh, podcast episode. Oh. Yeah. You're just going to interview me? Yeah. I think it's excellent. <laughs> it makes me feel important. Oh, good. Because, you know, that's my job is to make you feel important. That could be a good thing for episode 70. Oh, really? Yeah. It wouldn't be... It wouldn't have been a very good idea for episode 69. Nice. nice. You no. want to do some plugs? Yeah, let's do some plugs. Okay. What do you got? You mean to go first? Well, I guess I only have the one thing. So on uh, September 5th, Thursday night, September 5th, uh, I am once again going to be at the Green Ferry, which is at the Red Room, which is the bar above KGB Room, which is the bar above the Crane Theater. Uh, it is a speakeasy experience, uh, absent-tasting party with, uh, with live music and live entertainment and vintage DJ stylings of DJ Jalopy, yours truly, spinning the hot tunes of 1929. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I am going on tour. Hooray! I'll miss you. In fact, when you hear this, I will be on tour. Make sure you bring me back some stickers. Okay. I'm going on tour of the West Coast, uh, touring around the PAX Penny Arcade Expo. Sure, sure. Uh, I will be on the road with MC Frontalot. Hooray. And Miss Eves. Hooray, hooray. So, uh, you can catch us Wednesday, August 28th in Arcata at the Miniplex at Richard's Goat Tavern. Where's Arcata? California. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, it's though I was already speaking to the West Coasters. <laughs> Wednesday, August 28th in Arcata, California. Uh-huh. Uh, Friday, August 30th, Miss Eves and I will be performing at, in Seattle uh, off campus from PAX. We'll be performing at the Lo-Fi, Ooh. which is the, uh, an annual show, the Nerd Music Showcase. Oh, nice. Um, there'll be a bunch of great acts on there. Lexa Lexicon artists. 
Death Star. Oh, sweet. Et cetera. So just, just you and Mrs. Where's, where's Front going to be? Well, Front is a main stage performer at PAX. And oh. Eves and I are not. So oh. we are taking this. Uh, you taking, taking, some, taking some additional shows. Yeah. We'll both be making guest appearances during MC Frontal Lot's main stage set. Oh. But we will not be performing our own sets there. Got it. Got so it, that's Frogget. Frogist? You heard it. Friday, August 30th <laughs> at the Lo-Fi in Seattle. Uh-huh. On Saturday, August 31st. Uh, that afternoon, Miss Eves and I will both be performing uh, in a show at the Jam Space at sure, PAX sure. Um, at 5 p.m. And at 8.30 p.m., that's front a lot on the main stage. Yeah, yeah. So if you're at PAX, come holler at us. On Monday, September 2nd, we will be doing another show in Seattle at the Crocodile. This is an annual MC Frontalot and Friends show, a little post-PAX cool-down event. Sure. So come see us there. Tuesday, September 3rd, we will be in Portland, Oregon at the Hawthorne Theater. Wednesday, September 4th, we'll be in Bend, Oregon at the Volcanic Theater Pub. Oh, my. Friday, September 6th, we'll be in Long Beach, California at the Toxic Toast Theater. Uh-huh. And on Saturday, September 7th, the tour wraps up at the DNA Lounge in San Francisco, California. That is an amazing lineup. If you would like details or tickets for any of these shows, please visit frontalot.com slash tour. That's great. There, there is there. I do have a question, though. Yes. Um... Uh, I don't remember getting my invitation to, uh, you know, DJ Lugatron for any of the the dates. I'm I'm sure it's in the mail. Sure, you know, and I, I'm 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 just you know I'm patiently waiting. I figured you probably had two weeks of free time available to dick around on the West Coast in the month before your wedding. Yeah, I I well, it turns out I do. Okay, well, um, keep checking your mail. Okay. You should All probably right. run home right now and check. I it. will. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast, so as oh. soon as this is done, I'm going right home to check my mailbox. Wait, this is being recorded every time. <laughs> every time. One more thing worth mentioning when I get uh-huh. when I get back from tour, when I yeah. get back to New York on Friday, September 13th. I will be at Drum in New York City Hell for yeah. Rabbit Hole Productions Tasselmania Four. Tasselmania Four. I got my tickets. <laughs> I got my tickets like the like the day it was announced. Oh, really? Yeah. In case you are not familiar, Tasselmania is a a burlesque tribute to wrestling, uh, co-produced by me and Bunny Buxom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, it's a burlesque tribute to wrestling. It's, just call it's, it that. It's bonkers. It's an it ongoing. <laughs> It's an ongoing story. It's episodic. There are online promos, videos, uh, interviews with the superstars, and uh, uh, we got a big dumb show prepared. It's absolutely for- crazy. Go nuts! And, Thank you. Uh, I love it. Except Friday, September thirteenth. Yeah. You're in New York, or yeah, if yeah. you're not in New York, fucking come to New York and go to Tasselmania. That's right. Come to Tasselmania. I'm blind from sitting and editing these videos. All I'm looking at you, you Idaho. I'm looking at you, C Muldrow. <laughs> I dropped a C Muldrow. Shout out I in know. episode 69. I Nice. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's it, too. Uh, I guess let's wrap. Oh, wait. Do we want to talk about our, oh, yeah, our yeah. contest giveaway? Yeah. We're so, going to have a contest. So if you're still listening, if, you, if you're one of the five people still listening to this show, we are going to be giving away a copy of Essence Revealed book, Strip 20 Life Lessons from, what's in the title? It's Strip, a stripper's 20 life winning lessons. There you go. We're going to be giving away a copy of the book. And this is what we're going to do. Uh, uh, we are going to take the first 25 emails uh, and you're going to email us at epicpodcast at gmail.com. 
gmail.com. That's epicpodcast at gmail.com. And you're going to do subject line uh, stripper book. And you're going to tell us why you deserve the book. And uh, the, everyone, the first 25 names are going to go into a hat. We will, we will rummage around in there and we will pick one winner. And that winner gets to decide whether or not they want an actual paper copy, a physical copy, or a digital copy via the Amazon Kindle, if that is your platform of choice. And let's not dilly-dally on this, because we would like to give this away next month. Absolutely. So, that we're only going to be taking the first 25 emails. Speaking of emails, we got a great email the other day. I'd like to read it. Please. Uh, this is from... Uh, I don't know how to... Let's say uh, uh, Mari. Why not? Let's say Mari. Okay. Gentlemen, I am a new minted listener. I literally just started listening on Tuesday. Session part seven from Sick Passenger came up as my Spotify shuffled, and I realized I hadn't listened to the album in a while. Upon my re-listen, it recommended the podcast. I expand, I expand my library, so I listened to episode 68, and I was laughing so hard I was crying. Oh. I've heard 67 and 66 since, and still the same experience with... Uh, you are both so relatable from Schaefer's frustration with the world to Lugo's allergy-triggered asthma, which was my childhood in a nutshell, and everything in between. I'm now going back to the beginning, and judging from the time between episodes, I think I'll have enough time to mostly catch up before episode 70. Oh, nice that shade. dare to dream. That's because I expect it to be nothing less than a great time. Thanks for being you. On a side note, I can't stop imagining the video of Schaefer singing Do Sex in front of a bunch of dancing kids. <laughs> <laughs> that video will surface at some point. I got to dig it. It's on front of lot posted yeah. it on, on his Twitter. Yeah. It's on front of Twitter gonna, somewhere, <laughs> but he's a power user. So you got to dig. Deep. You got to dig deep. We'll get it. We'll get it straight from the horse's mouth and we will uh, figure out how to get that to all of you. So once again, first 25 listeners, send us an email at epicpiecast at gmail.com. That's epicpiecast at gmail.com. And we will select the first 25 emails and they will be put into a drawing for a book, the format of your choice. And I cannot recommend this book enough. And also, what was the, I'm sorry, I didn't get to like, I feel like I didn't get closure with that fan email. Who was it? What was the name? Mari. Mari? Yeah. Mari, thank you so much for your message. Mari, is it much love, listener number... And what, a bunch of question marks? Yes. <laughs> thank <laughs> like, you, Mari. Welcome really? to the losing team here <laughs> at the Epic Podcast. Welcome to the underdog of podcasts. Excellent. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Mari, you now are officially I don't know Listener number 23 How's that? Whoa! Yeah We got out of the teens? I know, we're out of the teens Shoot, we're grown-ups I, now I know We better start talking about things other than Spider-Man on this show <laughs> Doubt it Right uh, I think. I guess that's it That's it This has been the Epic Piecast episode 69 Nice, nice. I have been your host, Nelson Lugo. I have been your other host, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Be safe, Internet. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Epic Piecast. We'd love to listen to you, too. 
So send us your feedback, questions, love mail, hate mail, recipes, and fan fiction to epicpiecast at gmail.com. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, or subscribe via Spotify or Stitcher. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and more, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and the Epic Podcast on all of your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I got nothing for the stingers. So if you have something, feel free to. How's your Patreon going? <laughs> <laughs> it's going all right. Okay. I would probably have more Patreon subscribers if I promoted my Patreon more. Yeah, yeah. If you if you if you talked about it literally any time. You know, I'm really busy with Tasselmania and I getting see. ready for tour. I see. When I get back from this tour, uh-huh. then and Tasselmania is over, then I will sure. spend a lot of time promoting it. Okay. That's, I could, a, that's, you, a, that's a lot of excuses for shit you should be doing now. I, I'm doing so much. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Hold on. I was about ready to plug my Patreon right here. Uh-huh. And I can't remember what it, the... <laughs> the URL? I'm sure it's just patreon.com slash shape of the dark lord, but yes. let me confirm that. <laughs> what? Don't you judge me. Look. Yes, please yes. subscribe to my Patreon at patreon.com slash Schaefer the Dark Lord. And you said I don't promote it enough? Well, listen to me now. Here I am giving it a shout out after the final credits in a podcast that 23 people listen to. So I guess I'm putting in the work. Yeah. Okay. That's not my journey. 